everybody. Here we are. Here we are. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, my name is Jesse Drew, and this is Movies to be Murdered by, the most awesome horror movie podcast led by two people of color who just love horror. Okay, people? Get to know us. <laughs> Hit that yes. subscribe button on your podcast, server, whatever it may be. I'm here alongside my fabulous, uh, intelligent, amazing, uh, big-hearted co-host, Jeff Watson. And Jeff, I, I, I don't... I mean, we're going to talk about Blade, Jeff. Jeff! I know. Jeff, I can't. I, I know that that expression is so old, but I, I cannot because I only just recently watched Blade for the first time last week. <laughs> See, when you when you told me that that was your first time watching Blade, I was I was genuinely surprised because I thought for sure that you would have seen it over the years. But um, you know what? Is is always a great time to to come to the party, and um, I I really am happy that we're discussing this because um, having seen this as many times as I have, and um, my love for it for different reasons, um, I'm just really excited to be chatting with you about this movie. Uh, and many times I'm sure you've watched it and oh, we will be getting to that because I want to find out how many times if you can even count uh, if you even have a, a number readily available. But um, first, we will start off by saying that, yes, today we're talking about Blade, the first part, 1998's Blade, the first in the trilogy. It's directed by Stephen Norrington, um, considered a superhero horror movie um, because it was. Uh, it, the character of Blade, his genesis was within the Marvel Comics world in the 1970s, actually. Mm -hmm. um, who, who, you know, who knew? I mean, I, I love, com I love myself, my comics, but I'm not as much of a wizard in knowing all the facts about <laughs> all the characters as many people are out there. Um, I love that. I, I love that we have this amazing um, and again people i am a poly come lately um i was 1998 i was not, i was 18 when this movie came out so i certainly could have seen it but it blade was one of those phenomenons um in the in the movie theaters um and post movie theaters like when it was released on vhs and dvd and there are times when this little lady right here kind of gets reticent about um, watching movies that everyone's all about, like mainstream movies. So I have a feeling, I don't remember particularly being against Blade. I just have a feeling that it was a little bit too mainstream and too big for me. Um, and I have probably stayed away from it. Over the years, I remember thinking, Jeff, that like, I know I had gotten the impression that it was not a good movie. Mm -hmm. like throughout the years. And I know there's like mixed reviews from critics. Um, 
Although people who actually like, you know, fans and people who just went to go see it in the theater, like gave it resounding, like good reviews, but the critics were mixed on it. And so I kind of remember thinking, eh, you know, maybe not my cup of tea, but certainly, you know, I have come around and I just love the fact that going back to my other, what I started saying was that I love the fact that we have such a badass like movie led by Wesley Snipes. And like that his two, like, um, I don't want, I want to say like his two wingmen, wing women and wing man, um, one white person, one black woman. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I was really happy about that. They treated this movie like they would have treated a movie, this movie as if white people starred in it, only white people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they gave it a huge budget. Wesley Snipes was at the top of his game in 1998. I mean, you couldn't beat Wesley. Um and you know the the villain um and Steven Dorf I don't know. I mean, you got to like you have to if you're if you don't remember the 90s, if you weren't a teenager in the 90s like Jeff and I were. Well, Jeff, you were a baby. Um, no. Not a baby. You were a baby, Jeff. Um, uh, if you weren't a teenager like Jeff and I were, um, Stephen Dorff was a small force. He was a small tornado. Um, he had done movies like SFW, which was kind of an indie, a real indie dark movie. He was in a bunch of other things too. We don't need to get into his filmography, but um, but he, but in this movie, I feel like they're stretching it with having him be the villain, but we can get into that a little later. First, let us discuss movie facts. So the budget for Blade at the time was $45 million, which converted to today's dollars um, is 83 million. That's a lot of money to throw, Jack. Yeah. At a, that, the genre of superhero horror I mean, was that really like established as a thing? I mean, you can't. Spawn. Spawn was the other. Okay. Okay. Spawn, I feel like that I remember thinking at the time, like that movie looks like it stinks, but I don't, I don't a know. A lot of people true. say, a lot of people say it stinks. It's, it's one of my favorites. Okay. I'll give yeah. it a chance. Yeah. I'll definitely give it a chance if you say so. It's, it's definitely, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it after, after this. I don't want to okay. poo poo it, but. Uh, John Leguizamo is great in it. Michael Jai White is is great. He's great. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, but we'll talk about it. I think it's definitely one. Um, since we're going back into the '90s a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely one for you to check out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I didn't know Leguizamo was in it, but that, mm -hmm. that might change things. I, I really like Michael Jai White. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Jai White had like a like a part in Kill Bill, like a legitimate part. And mm -hmm. he had like a whole sequence where him and Bill get into this whole like fight thing and they have like fight scenes and stuff. And then it totally got axed. And it, got it. it yep. yeah. Anyway, and that's he's, a little he's legit. He's a legit mixed martial artist. Yeah. Right? yeah. Trains, you know, is, is legit. And I mean, just a tough dude. So. I would have um, liked to have seen that so much when I, you know, anyway. Okay. So, all right. Get away from Kill Bill because we'll be there forever. 
<laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. But anywho, um, okay, so the box office take for Blade, let's I'm gonna say it again, 1998 was $131 million, uh, which converts to today's dollars. $242 million. Now that's really nothing to sneeze at. Um, and I know that, I mean, I know that that's what greenlit the next two uh, installments of the Blade series and what's going to, uh, and why they're going to reboot, you know, the the original. But wow, I was just, I, I wasn't surprised because it's a Wesley Snipes movie, but I was, I, I did feel a little bit like, Whew, that's a whole lot of cheddar right there. Um, I usually give body count. Body count here, a little tough, guys. Um, if you have seen the movie, then you know that the opening sequence takes place at a club for vampires, <laughs> wherein uh, Blade lays waste to basically everybody that is there. <laughs> And so we can safely say, and I fact checked this, we can safely say that the body count is more than 80 plus. Yes. But but I cannot say like because one because like you know, I, I check a, a variety of websites. Um, when the kill count is like, you know, significantly smaller, I just you know, I, I go by what I remember and then check that against, you know, the multiple websites on the internet. Um in this case, it was so high. I was like, I can't remember every little person that got murdered in that in that club scene, and then and all of the subsequent scenes. But there was one website, Jeff, that said that they he murdered over five hundred people in the nightclub. I was like, come on! <laughs> I don't think it was more than five hundred. It may have felt like five hundred because he's such a badass, but yeah. like, he didn't kill more than five hundred vampires in the first scene. Like, <laughs> I mean. Are there 500 vampire? Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that that I think is a little uh, <laughs> a little, little wide of the mark. That's a, um, I mean, I think that's just an avid fan. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think so. They they must have been multiplying um, the the kills. That's what they were doing. They were they they were just like, yeah, he kills like 500 people. Yeah. in the first scene. Oh my god! You know? can can I just say this before we really yeah. get into the rest of the film and you know you just bringing up the first scene establishes how much of a just a, a just a badass this dude is i mean there's no other way to say it um but honestly for me as a black kid growing up seeing wesley snipes throughout the year seeing him in his different roles um for one to see him in a movie was always a big deal but two, my understanding of what vampires were up to that point was like Tom Cruise and uh, whatever. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it, I wasn't used to a vampire being cool. Gotcha. There were some really cool vampires, and Wesley Snipes as Blade tops it all i mean just to have this dude just wrecking people and you know just yeah i mean it was it was great for me to see um it was great to see a superhero that looked like me uh on the big screen 
Um, and plus, it was just a movie filled with carnage, as you can see from the very first scene. <sighs> How can we just talk about the gore? And if you oh. could see me now, I have little hearts, heart emojis in my eyes. Um, I love gore. And I love this movie because this movie, one of the reasons is this movie does, it's like just, it's just not shy about gore. It's just like, no, we're going to, oh. we're going to be chopping arms off. You know, we're going to be putting like, you know, swords in people's faces. Like, you know, um, people's are, people are going to turn into like red bubbles and explode and there's going to be chunks everywhere. Like, it's just like, so like, it's so catered to like the comic book, you know, crowd and I, I, for one, was all for it. I just loved it. The one thing I was not for, I will just jump around so people just trampoline with me here. <laughs> Chris Christopherson's wig. He plays um, Whistler. Oh, my God. Get this. You have it. $45 million, $1998. Get this man a nice wig if you have to have him in a wig. Oh, my God. This thing looks like a cigarette ashtray. You know what I mean? <laughs> It was too much. Chris Christopherson deserved better. Chris yeah. Christopherson, by the way, I have two tidbits about Chris Christopherson. Um, Whistler, you know, he plays Whistler, um, a human who is like Wesley Snipes is like kind of like, I want to say caretaker, but kind of like his nurse almost. And also you know, like to give you to give you a comparison here mm -hmm. to me, he's Blades Alfred. Okay, yeah. Or Jarvis. Yeah. Or Jarvis. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good call. Good call, Alfred. Yeah. He's like his he's like his renegade Alfred. Yeah. And and he um helps him out, like administers blade serum that he needs. We'll get to that in a minute because that left me confused. But also he assists with the like vampire killing and general like revolution against the vampires in the city. So he is key to the struggle um against vampires um he tells us later that he gets he got into the fight because um vampires came and wiped out his wife and and daughter and maybe other kids i'm not sure but um <clears throat> okay two little tidbits that might make you really like chris christopherson more or maybe dislike him <laughs> i'm not sure which way this will go for you I can only tell you that I love him so much because he played Mace Montana in Pee Wee Herman's Big Top Pee Wee, which was the follow-up to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Now, if you have not watched Big Top Pee Wee, which I'm pretty sure most of you have not, <laughs> um, Mace Montana leads the circus. He's the ringmaster of the circus that lands on Pee Wee Herman's farm after a big hurricane comes and blows them all into town. And his wife is Midge and she is literally an inch tall. <laughs> so you can see where I'm going with this um, in terms of the character is amazing. <laughs> he's, just, he's amazing that whole movie is amazing if you haven't seen big top Wee, there's a lot of laughs to be had um yes. there's so many laughs to be had in that movie it's so absurd um that it just 
I mean, it's absurd in a different way than the first one was, but I'll stop talking about it because we're not doing a review of that right now. Um, the second tidbit about Chris Christopherson is that, so uh, back in the 90s, we're, we're going to be 90s heavy here, people. Back in the 90s, um, Sinead O'Connor, who is um, a world famous uh, musician, she was on Saturday Night Live, and it's their most um, controversial episode ever. She was the music guest, and she performed a song, and at the end of it, she ripped up a photograph um, of Pope John, which just that just reverberated around the world. Um, she was on top of the world, basically, at that point in her career. And she was number one um, with print, a cover of Prince's song, Nothing Compares to You. She's got a whole catalog. She's an amazing artist. But that action really got her, gained her a lot of hate, like worldwide, like a lot. So up comes um, a tribute concert at Madison Square Garden here in New York City uh, to Bob Dylan. And there is like a lineup like you wouldn't believe, you know, um, and Chris Christopherson was there among all of them, because if you don't know, he was actually a folk singer and a country singer um, in the 60s and 70s. He famously uh, wrote Me and Bobby McGee, which is Janis Joplin's most famous song. And so so Sinead O'Connor was one of the people that was lined up to sing. You know, there was like all these famous musicians and they're there to pay tribute to Bob Dylan and she's there. And she goes out and she starts singing and the entirety of Madison Square Garden. If you haven't been to Madison Square Garden in New York City, it's a tremendous space. I mean, it's huge. It's thousands yeah. of people. So thousands of people started booing her and it was relentless. They wouldn't stop. I mean, and there's footage of this. You can YouTube it, you know, and it really broke her. And she went back to you know, the stage, like to the back area and they have footage of this and she's like shaking and crying. Um, and Chris Christopherson stepped up and is there and you could see he's like talk. He's like talking to her. He's like holding her. He's just like, he's being like a really good person because what, whatever you think of what she did about the Pope's picture, um, in that moment, she's just a human being who's like one person who's like faced, like facing like thousands of people who want to kill her. And he was there to like support her and like keep her up basically. And then she ended up like going back on stage and singing like a rebel song, but which was pretty badass. But I just wanted to give him a shout out, you know, because you just don't hear about, I mean, you don't hear stories like that about normal people, never mind like super right. famous people, you know, in the midst of like their, cause like, you know, they're, they're all famous there. And, and, and he's, you know, everybody's just doing sort of like a victory lap, like getting to like, you know, perform for Bob Dylan and whatnot. And like, who sucks by the way, but anyway, <laughs> um, and then, you know, here there he is, like, just being a really decent guy. And I I just, I don't know. I kind of always see that part of him come out in his performances. Mm -hmm. For for whatever reason, it just, I feel like you can, you can tell there's a whole lot of heart there. So bravo to Chris Christopherson. And now we can get back to the episode. 
I, I will say that Whistler is such a cool character. Yeah. Um, I because I mean, obviously, if for the folks that are new, I'm a huge Batman fan. Like, yeah. huge Batman fan. And um, so immediately when I saw this, I thought of the relationship with of with Blade and Whistler, like I did with Alfred and Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So that's immediately where my mind went. But it's just taking Whistler and taking that character kind of arc and making him a badass too and making him you know not only intelligent and innovative but just will knock your block off totally he knows like he i like i like his surprise factor and then i'll stop about whistler but i like his surprise factor like when um oh lord i forgot her name the um karen when karen kind of like you know it's like surprised by him and then surprised again by his knowledge and then surprised again at his like viciousness, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, listen, if you like get caught by one of them, like, you know, he was like, first of all, what do you say? Like, he says, like, make sure you have a gun. And she's like, what? And then he's like, because if you get caught by one of them, you need to take yourself out. And yeah. she's like, what? And he's like, uh, you heard me. <laughs> um, Yeah. So. Let's get on Wesley a little bit. Um, first of all, I first of all, amazing that we get an action star who knows martial arts in and out because when we're watching the action happen, we don't just get close-ups of his face and then shots of his body fighting with another like with a vampire. You get full Wesley because that's him doing it. That's him yeah. kicking butt. And like, like you, I don't know. It's just, I have a lot of respect for, for Wesley. And I really don't care about his tax evasion problems. I think he's just amazing. I think he's so amazing. I was talking to my husband, Lewis, like, Jeff, I was like, the other night, I was like, I just feel like I know Blade is like a huge movie and it's got a huge following and et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like. Wesley should have more for like for the amount that he did in that one even just that one movie because I haven't seen the other two parts yeah but like I feel like it should even be like he should be even be bigger you know um and I know a lot of that was like got like mangled by he went to jail right like yep, he did. yeah he went to jail for that I think that was so stupid who cares yeah. The man didn't want to pay his taxes. He's Wesley Snipes. Leave him alone. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the government and taxes because I, I I'm can. so pissed right now because I filed my taxes in time, by the way, uh, well within time. And they're being reviewed by the state of New York. That has been the status since a week after the taxes were accepted. Now, what would be nice is to know why they're under review. Um, but I was told yesterday so eloquently that um, the reason why the status hasn't changed is because they haven't created a letter to send to me to let me know that my taxes are under review and the reason why. 
I asked the question very simply. Wouldn't you, wouldn't most sane people, most organized, intelligent people, wouldn't most people say, you know what, this person's taxes are going to have to go under review. Let's send them a letter within five days, right. <laughs> um, not 45 or 30 or however long it's been at this point. You get letters for less. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. That yep. I asked, I asked if they were going to be paying interest. I was told no. I said, um, well, you know what I'm going to do the next time I owe the state of New York taxes is I'm going to tell you guys that <laughs> I have review. And um, nice. I will send you a letter within 45 days letting you know that it's under review and why. <laughs> exactly. and, um, and she said, well, that would accrue interest and all of that. And I was like, oh, really? So you can't pay me interest on money that you owe me. Right. But I but, can pay. But I, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to derail the. Uh, no, it's totally fine. But it's relevant. Uh, it's relevant. They, they, they have us. Uh, they have us crazy with all the, you know, the government, the money, the this, the that, you know, uh, I'm just glad, uh, I'm just glad at least that you got some semblance of an answer and it wasn't just like the wood or, or just automated and you can't get to anybody, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause that's, that's a whole nother nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Jeff, like, I, again, I'm, I'm a poly come lately to blade, uh, I'm not a poly come lately to Wesley Snipes, though. I have liked Wesley Snipes for a long time. I've liked him since, you know, forever, since the 90s. I mean, he broke out in the 90s, like big, you know, big time. Um, anyway. But I mean, am I right on that? Do you, do you feel like Wes has really gotten like the legacy he deserves? No. He's, I, right? I, right? I'm the, I'm, I feel the same way. I'm like, this guy, this guy should still be like on people's minds. I feel like he's more known for like the passenger 57 and that era major league and that kind of stuff, that era more. So, um, I honestly with, with people that play superheroes, it's like they reach this level of stardom and fame that is unexplainable. And he's not there. And I feel like it's an injustice that he's not there. Um, Because what he did with this character, and not only from an acting standpoint, but doing his own stuff, like doing the martial arts sequences, and honestly, the action in that movie, the action in Blade is just so next level. Mm-hmm. compared to what we had seen up to that point mm-hmm. the camera angles and all the different things i mean it was just great to see and he he really ushered in an era for superhero movies to be done the way that they're done today i mean obviously with this one this was a rated r one and they're more pg-13 and all of that now but he paved the way for more of these movies to be made absolutely and he is the almost like the strong silent type in this movie. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, um, which is something that I noticed right away. Um, 
and even his like i mean he it's called blade he's called blade right and so because he's got his samurai sword that gets enough attention like the, the attention it deserves but i gotta tell you like guns blades it does it all falls by the wayside when wesley's up there kicking butt i don't even notice the sword i'll be honest with you what i notice is him laying waste to people just using his hands and his feet and his knees and like you know just there's that one there's a one shot when they're uh, towards the end when they're in that weird like building that Steven Dorff has like built for the whole blood ceremony and everything yeah. and what it's Wesley Snipes because you see his face because it's a full body shot and the camera's on him and he's la he's laid out flat on the floor and he does that jump like that only stunt people do where he like like bounces off of his own feet and stands upright I don't even know what that's called. Like when you like, they, they like, they kind of, it's almost like you kind of like pull your knees up and then you like, you jump. And so you like land on your feet and you're, and you're upright again. That's only done by real martial artists and like stunt people. And he's, he's there doing it. And I'm like, this man is incredible. What can't this man do? He can do everything. If you, if you, if they had him flying and said that he was just flying on his own, I believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? At that point, Wesley Snipe <laughs> soar through the galaxy. That's and what I'm I'd saying. Believe, I'd believe it. I believe it too. If they were like, oh, like Blade is, you know, flying and he's on his way to the moon and they showed a shot of it, I'd be like, of course he is. Well, it's Wesley Snipes and he can fly. <laughs> well, I mean, even if they had just said Wesley Snipes decided to go to the moon today without a rocket just to fly. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to double check. I'd have to double check, you know, and see the video evidence for myself to make sure. It was true. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, for real, I I would believe it wholeheartedly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't need the YouTube footage, Jeff. I'd just be like, of course he is. It's Wesley Snipes. Like <laughs> the man can do anything. Yeah. Um. So we have um a villain. What's his name? Frost. Yep, Deacon, Deacon Frost. Deacon, right? And I, I was funny because I got when they, when the the woman, one of the you know vampire women's like, oh Deacon, and I was like, this is at first, and I'm like Deacon, it's like is this man a a man of the a man of the cloth? Like <laughs> what are we talking about here? Stephen Dorff, like was he like a priest in his past life or something? Like before he turned vampire, I could have, I don't know, I could have left the whole like. Illuminati type group that was like, oh, you know, you're you're never you're never gonna be a pure blood. You were turned, you know. That's that's why you're such a jerk. Like, <laughs> don't bother me. Like the the head guy, who I thought was pretty, it was pretty funny to me because he kept treating Deacon Frost like he was his redheaded stepchild. You know what I mean? Like it was, he kept he like slept at him he was like beat it kid like you're, you're you're bugging me like we have a meeting we have to like run and you're just like annoying why are you annoying like if i could have just kind of if like if they were supposed to be like the voltori in twilight and yes i'm referencing twilight i think that that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do <laughs> um if they were supposed to be like you know like looming and threatening and this all-powerful group of like you know um ancient vampires that are like 
molded into today's like heads of corporations they really i think that that part i have to say about the movie like fell off for me because i didn't feel fearful of any of them especially the head guy yeah and i think I that mean, especially not after you see blade doing what he does right like you, you know? to make it and it, it's it's got it's got nothing to take away it's like not trying to take away from like wesley's like you know powerful performance but it's just if you want to have a, like a an exceptional like you know movie then then the the villain or the in this case like the the group of villains behind the villain that's supposed to be just as intense and and, and equally scary because they're the ones that are running the show like they own like um Whistler says, or or Blade says, like, no, they own the police. Like, they own politicians. Like, they are, like, they have infiltrated, like, everything. And you want to feel that fear. And I just didn't, I, I gotta say, like, the, the movie loses points with me because that group seems more comical than not. I don't know, yeah. thoughts? Yeah, that, that reminded me of the, uh, I'm trying to find a way to, to say this without being offensive. That'd be offensive. Well, it's too soft, <laughs> soft kind of vampire portrayals that we had seen up to that point. Mm -hmm. More of a romantic kind of, you know, seducer type, as opposed to being a like being able to kick somebody and kick them through the air ten feet, that kind of thing. I will say I'm I am going to counter uh, a soft counter is um the Lost Boys. Okay, and, that's uh, the one exception. Yep. Yeah, I, I grew up watching that. that movie and they are they straddle the line. Um I think if you had seen that when you were little, um you would have got you definitely would have gotten the whole like rock and roll vampire that I, I that, guess I, I guess for me I'm meaning like more in the 90s. We so we go from that we go from the portrayal in the Lost Boys to what we see in the 90s. Yeah. Like interview with a vampire and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or it's yeah, that's definitely more of like a romance. Yeah. Um, or bromance whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, so that that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, with the mm -hmm. Lost Boys they they made it cool. Yeah, they made it cool and they made the scenes. There are not too many scenes where they actually like get bloody, but when they do, it's really nasty. So right. like I, I give that movie a hundred percent props. But um yeah, I just kind of I would have it's like the only time we really see uh Frost get crazy is when he's holding that little girl um while he talks to blade about like hey we want you to join us or whatever or call a truce or whatever he says and he's like got this little girl kind of like as his shield so that blade doesn't come after him and he throw he tosses her like in the wind like that's i don't know i mean other than that i can't like there, there were no scenes that really stood out to me him being evil sure but him being like violent evil and action evil not really you don't get it until the end you know and then it's kind of stupid like because he's like oh, i have the power of the blood you know and i'm just like you know what dude <laughs> just kick some butt you know what i mean <laughs> Um, that, that was like the, the bad guys 
in the vampires um don't really do i thought what was really crazy was the and i thought they nailed it was the opening scene actually with tracy lords um tricking like tricking that non-vampire guy like into the little makeshift rave which was perfect for the 90s because that's exactly the kind of thing that was happening um and you have them in this whole scenario where right away you know something's not right it's like a it's like a bad feeling and because and it's a bad feeling double because you know that the guy um, the human being that's in there, he thinks it's so hot in there, like so awesome and whatever. And you know that something's not right and he doesn't know it yet. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh my God, they're all vampires, aren't they? They're all vampires. This isn't a rave. This is a vampire rave. <laughs> and um, I just, I thought that they nailed that. They nailed that down. That is so 90s. Like, I can't wait for um, Lewis to watch the movie with me he's gonna um he's gonna give it a whirl and i i told him i was like you're gonna have fun with this because it's like 100 90s 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 and uh that opening scene was scary i thought i thought it was scary i mean i don't know what do you think jeff like yeah i thought it caught it, it catches you it catches you off guard it makes you pay attention to the movie you know like real quick like you like you're following them through this like meat locker and then you just you you you're like you're paying close attention because you want to know what's going on because you're in the shoes of the of the human being that she's got with her. He doesn't know where they are, but he's thinking it's so rad, and he's with this hot girl. Mm-hmm. He's lucky he didn't get a K I L L E D. Yeah, you know he's lucky for Blade. Blade showed up just at the right time, just in the nick of time. And apparently, according to that one internet guy, killed over five hundred. <laughs> Legend has it. Legend has it. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think that there's good tension with Karen, um, who is a phlebotomist. Yep. Um, she is a doctor in the ER, and she ends up, you know, uh, getting hooked up with Blade and with Whistler. And kind of becomes like his number two person. Um, they're out there like, you know, slaying vampires and whatnot. And she's, they thought that they'd stopped her turning into a vampire because she was bitten. But she actually has turned into a vampire. Does she make it into the second or third movie? Pretty sure she, I, I don't want to give it away too much. Oh, okay. All right. We'll leave but, it. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, for, for those we'll who it. haven't seen it, we'll. We'll, we'll leave it, but I'll say that um, they they go in a bit of a different direction with the next two films. Gotcha. Yeah, the third one, just from the thumbnail, I was like, this looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay. Um, her character, I, I gotta say, like, probably till, like, the second half of the movie, I kind of could have lived without her. I I. I didn't, and I don't mean to sound like I'm poo-pooing the movie. The movie is a lot of fun and I liked it a lot, but I don't know. I just kind of felt like, eh, like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel like she was really bringing anything. Like, I think they could have developed the, 
I was going to say the Mace Montana, the Whistler character, um, more and given more of a background on him. And that would have filled, like, flushed out the space where the Karen car, the Karen, Karen character um, would have been. And I would have been more satisfied with that than kind of just getting like a little chop shop about Whistler and having Karen there. I just, mm, I don't know. Um, and then there's that sexy scene of, with them towards the end. And I was like, this is, I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I maybe I have adjusted too much to like the marvelization of movies where there's no like you know kind of like sexiness, but I've kind of felt like it was kind of gross. And that whole mother son lustful yeah. dynamic they could have just kept yeah. that out. Thank yeah. you. That was so I knew and I knew that was coming, Jeff. I knew that was coming as soon as like as soon as she popped up. I was like, oh man, yeah, they're going <laughs> she, there. Yeah, because she looks beautiful, and I was like, oh, I know what's coming. And it was so gross, and yeah. I was like, come on. like, And I'm like, you know, you see her throwing, like, longing looks at him when Deacon's, like, messing him up and stuff. But she never, she never redeems herself, and I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so Blade's whole mission... He's fueled by the fact that, like, his mom, so he thinks, was, you know, um, murdered by vampires. Um, and he is, he he was in her womb when she was attacked. So somehow or another, it was passed on to him. But he is still human, but with the traits of a vampire, but none of their weaknesses. I have this right, right? Yeah, what they call a daywalker. Daywalker. Oh, I love that. And I love that name. I want I want to change my middle name to Daywalker. <laughs> it's an awesome name. Right? It's like, and like the people like refer to him like with fear. Like the vampires are like, oh my God, the daywalker. You know, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's awesome. I'll take one daywalker, please, right? Like every like <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, we should get t-shirts made up just say Daywalker. And it's like, dude, if you get the reference, awesome. And awesome. if not, too bad for you. Like we just, yep. we should. Right, we're gonna change this podcast name to Daywalker. <laughs> Daywalker. That's just, right. just Daywalkers. Um yeah, so he's got all their powers. He's uh super fast, really strong. Um, but he can hang out in the daytime and they can't. And Stephen Dorff, AKA Deacon Frost is like, we want to be able to do that. And um, that scene where they kill the head of their, um, of the secret vampire clan yeah. uh, out by the water. And they have, and I first, you know, you see them kind of gearing up to step out of the car. Um, meaning they, meaning like the, the top level vampires and um, they're putting stuff on their face. And I'm like, what are they doing? And I realized, Oh, they're putting on like a special vampire sunblock. Why has no one ever thought of this before? <laughs> but then they put on the motorcycle helmets, Jeff and freaking cool. I was like, that's the coolest thing they've done in this whole movie. They look cool then. Yeah, yeah, that was like the one cool thing. Like all the other parts where they're like, like at parties and like the guys have like open shirts and stuff. Like none of that is cool. But the motorcycle helmets were awesome. I was like, yeah, 
Um, how come, Jeff, how come nobody thought to do that before? Jeff. 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 That's a great question. Jeff. That's a great Jeff, question. Jeff. <laughs> I yeah, wish I, I don't an answer to that. I just thought that was I was like, wow, that's a simple little answer right there. Some black leather gloves, like a motorcycle helmet. Nobody even has to know. You're just another motorcycle rider, right? <laughs> yeah. Um so that guy, the head, the the guy who's acting like Deacon's stepfather, he explodes and goes all over. And again, another score points, chunks everywhere, you know, just everywhere, everywhere. And they're all, I mean, I think I even heard one of them say like, ew, or something. They were like, just, <laughs> 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 um, what do you think happens if like, here's a question. Okay. So, a vampire has is like you know drinking the blood of its victim but like they could just drink until they drink that person dry right yeah and you would think that that's what they would want to do because as you know they mentioned in the movie like the thirst is unbelievably powerful it's like your whole bodies on fire you know so why do vampires stop and only and then like their victims get like turned into vampires. Do, do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. they'll like they'll just like they'll crack their neck and start drinking and then like leave them on the floor or wherever and that person starts like you know convulsing and turning into a vampire. I mean this is in vampire movies not just Blade but like why do they stop? Like we, I'm I'm just kind of curious because they want to create a, a race of vampires that is stronger that can overtake everyone else. I don't you're know. probably you're probably right, but I'm thinking about like when I'm thirsty and I'm not a vampire and I have a glass of ice water in front of me like I'm drinking the whole thing. Drinking the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not stopping because it's because I want to spread it out onto the grass for the environment. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, I I am the same way. Um <clears throat> I think it's interesting that I'd like to see a movie where they kind of play on that a little bit mm. and with certain people, they just drain them completely because maybe they're not fit for, you know, to be yeah. in there. I, I don't know. I mean, that is a great question though. Yeah. I'm just wondering. I mean, I guess that's something I could look up, but it's just with the, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, if you know out there, audience, if you know. know, yeah, movies to be murdered by at gmail.com. You know, let us know. We have no clue. Um, you know what? I'm going to, just because you said look it up, I'm going to look it up right now. Why don't vampires? Right, right, exactly. Um, uh, also, I feel like that when they do drink someone dry, it's like when they hate that person. Right, you know what I mean? right. Like it's like it's always done like really maliciously, like hey, 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 we got you, you know. And I'm like, okay, but what about that last person? You know what? Their blood wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> what Tom Cruise? You're too busy top gunning. You can't, uh, you know, take that guy out. But okay, what do I know? Um, the 
the the movie I feel like has definitely has some like I mean besides the the lore and the legend of vampires which is huge it does have other like like myths intertwined like it's got the whole situation of Blade's mother her death supposedly um her resurrection she's been the impetus for him to stalk and you know kill vampires out of this sense of loyalty vengeance love for his mother um the death of his mother or we think she's dead for you know like 75 percent of the film um really it is it shapes his entire like being Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just shapes, it shapes his motivation. It shapes who he is. He's on the quiet side. He's on the brooding side. Um, you see, like, he's very guarded emotion. I mean, Wesley plays this really well. Yeah. Cause you get, I mean, I get a lot out of his character and he's not saying much and he certainly doesn't like speak to like how he doesn't give some long monologue about how the death of his mother really did this to him and that to him. He's just like, going out to do what he has what he feels like he has to do but you just Um, feel it you feel it. yeah you you get it right off of him it's like it's it's right there i mean um so you have that kind of like mother son um electra complex type thing um that's really gross the archetype of the you know of the misunderstood villain um definitely comes into play i don't think steven dorf does a great job sorry guy i you know if you're out if you ever listen to this it's you're great in sfw (laughs) but i don't think he's really the right person i think look wise he is because he had that 90s look down pat like Mm -hmm. it was steven dorf 100 percent. but i just don't think that the acting is there what what's your take on his on his turn as a villain well, this is going to be unfair, but I'm going to turn your question on back on you and ask okay. you if you're casting that role of Deacon Frost, given that it was made when it was made, who are you casting as Deacon Frost? Somebody older, a little bit older. I get it that they're timeless because they're vampires. You know, they live forever. Um, and they're stuck at that age that they were turned or whatever it is. But um, somebody, I just, somebody a little older than Steven Dorff, you know, Um, uh, I can't think of somebody right now. Would it it have been too on the nose to put Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. I agree. That would have, it would have been like, yeah, but good call because he would have done it right, you know. Like, you did it right in the 80s, do it right in the 90s, give me right. the 2000s. Like, you know I mean? Right, right. No, like, I, I would I would believe it. I would believe yeah. it if it was Kiefer Sutherland. Um, maybe it was too early for Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was so young back then, too. I don't know. If I think of somebody, I'll tell you. But maybe, I mean, maybe even a musician. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of, like, the 90s musicians. All right, let me ask you this. 
Well, never mind because he he passed away. Yeah. Who? Tupac. Ooh. Had he yeah. been alive? He, he's he's because he because he was a good actor. Yeah. You know, he was a really good actor, and you could see him getting nuts. Yeah. You know I mean, I, mean? I know like, that's like you out of left field, but no, I think that's a that's I think like I said, like maybe a musician, you know, yeah. like um he could act, he definitely looked like he could get nuts and you'd believe it. Mm-hmm. So oh my god, imagine Dr. Dre. Here's another here's another one we're going down that line. Even yeah. though this was before he really blew up, but what about Eminem? Too young looking. Another too one that's like too young looking, you know. I think so. I think it, it could be, but he'd have to have some scrub on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like he is just I think acting wise, he probably could have gone there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And oh, and I found I found the answer to our uh, burning question of why don't vampires drink all of a person's blood? Why? It says vampires don't create their own blood. They use the life force stored in other people's blood until it dies off. Then they must refeed. So they don't need too much. Is that what they're saying? So basically they're living off of the life force from that person as long as they're alive but once that oh blood, okay that i get you has died off then oh, they have to okay. so that's why they preserve that person to be able to continue to go off of their life force i got you okay well that makes a lot of sense i i all right i understand that yeah. I have, um, thank you for looking that up. I yeah. have, I think a pretty good option. What about, um, um, what about Ray Liotta as Deacon Frost? He was still young enough in the 90s. I mean, he was older, but he was still young enough that he didn't look like an old man. Yeah. Like I'm going to throw two more out at you. Who's that? Nicholas Cage. Too crazy? I think too crazy would have been fine in this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And John Travolta. John Travolta? Mm-hmm. I'm going to veto that one, but I'll go with Nick- Nicholas Cage. Okay. I feel like John Travolta is like a little bit much, like in a lot of, you yeah. know. Oh, what about John Cusack doing? I know he doesn't really play evil that often, but like doing like a like a you know a turn as like an evil, like dark because like he's like kind of dark. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got two more for you. Oh, this is fun. Okay. So the first one's gonna be a little bit weird, but Good. <laughs> Billy Bob. Billy Bob, I could see. I could see that. Definitely. I would take Billy Bob over Steven Dorf. All right. What about John Malkovich? Too old. Too old? 
even yeah. then. Yeah, because think about it. Um, wasn't um, Con Air like sort of around that time frame? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, not to be like he's old, like he's old, but he kind of is old, you know. Gotcha. I got you. No, this is fun though. This is fun. This this is fun to to recast to recast that. And let let me let me ask you this. Let's say that Wesley Snipes, because he was such a huge action star at that time says no to this role oof i'm Ooh. then i'm not watching it <laughs> but my question to you is you're maybe you're not watching it but you you have to cast it oh, so, who, so who are you casting as blade if wesley snipes says no and you're looking for a black actor uh well my first thought is Macaulay Culkin. The blackest actor we know. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a really awful question to give me, but <laughs> because this is like, because. I don't know if anyone was considered before Wesley or if this was like geared, like made with him in mind, which mm -hmm. happens, you know, often more often than we know of in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, what, what, if, I mean, this is, this is sort of around the same time as training day, I think, but what about Denzel? Cause he can do, he can do intense and brooding. Yeah. I just don't know if I would, believe him in terms of doing action like how wesley does it like to the extent you know what i mean like that would definitely be body double and stunt double i'll say i believe him in the equalizer right but he's doing mostly with guns right but i still like i i believe him like the the way he plays the character yeah I oh believe, yeah no definitely yeah. um i i i think the character like i said he does brooding and and yeah. silent strong and silent like amazing. Denzel, Denzel is an interesting one. I'm gonna throw out a two here that are completely off the wall. Um, one person wasn't even at that at the tier that we think about them now, but these are completely off the wall. Okay, so and I realize that one of these people has other than one movie, and if I say what movie it is, it'll give it away. So. Um, no, it's fine. But Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Jordan is Blade. He's too tall. <laughs> Which is perfect for me. No, I know, but, but it's like he's going to tower over everybody else. I want that. Like, I okay, want that. Okay, if you want that, then you can have it. Okay, you can have it. <laughs> No, I honestly, the reason why I bring that up is because I wanted to make a comparison. I feel like during that time, Wesley Snipes was Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. He was in his prime. And yeah. I don't feel like he gets the love that Michael Jordan or the Michael Jordan types get. So I'm totally with you. Um, but the other person I would throw out there 
is Jamie Foxx. 1998 Jamie Foxx? But he wasn't popping then. That's what I, that was my hesitation is that he wasn't the person that we regard now in terms of the acting chops and everything that he's done. And, you know, many people in 1998 didn't even know he was an incredible singer. Um, you know, so they only knew him for his stand-up, but, um, but yeah, I, I know that's, that's the one thing I struggle with because he wasn't at that level yet. I'm just trying yeah. to think of who was. I mean, could you <laughs> could you imagine Eddie Murphy? Yes, I was thinking of that. <laughs> and <Or> I saw... <laughs> Will Smith. Uh, he probably yeah, would have gotten it, but like he probably would have. Know, but, yeah. Can I tell you something? I was like never a big fan of his. Like you know, when Men in Black came out, I like you know I liked that movie. I went to see it with my dad and my sister, yeah. and we had a fun time. It was a fun movie. Um, I was I always liked the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I thought that was like you know like good sitcom watching. But like I never liked like him. I always found him really obnoxious. And then yeah, just like and then when he got married to Jada, I was like, oh my god, they're so obnoxious together, you know. <laughs> and then all this stuff, you know, like the, the, and then like you know he's acts like a jerk in front of everybody at the Oscars, and I'm like, I told you, but like, and of course, like told who because nobody's listening to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. Oh, I know who could have played who could have played Blade. James Earl Jones. Boom. <laughs> I'm surprised neither one of us have said Keith David. <laughs> Keith David should have played the villain. There you go. He should he or you know what? No, no, no. He could have been that top guy in the circle of the, mm. you know, the pure bloods. He should yeah. have been that guy and he should have been slap slapping Steven Dorf around. You would have believed it. Remember how dark he got in um Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. Oh my god. I would yeah. I, you know, I, to be honest with you, like I kind of wish he didn't take that role. Yeah, that was that was dark. That was that like that role at that that character like it's just it makes me want to cry. I don't want to think of uh, of him like that. Yeah. Oh, all right, come back to come back to the present moment. Namaste. <laughs> um, there's just you know what it is. There's there's a plethora of amazing black actors that could have done a good job. Can I throw out one more? Yeah, of course you can. To play the role of Deacon Frost. Oh my God, are you gonna say Chris Tucker? No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Tony Todd. But wait, how old was he then? Mm. Oh my God, no, but wait. No, but wait, but wait. You could have him as Deacon Frost to Michael Jordan's Blade because they're both huge. Oh, huge. Tony Todd is probably just as tall as Michael Jordan. <laughs> he's, he's tall. I have, no, I have no idea, but he's really tall. He's you could have both of them. Yeah, so he's not that much shorter than Michael Jordan. And, like, you could have both of them square off, and it would be, like, a fair fight. And, yeah, he would he would be amazing. 
as yeah. the Deacon Frost. So he's 68 now. Wow, so, really? Yeah. Uh, no, he's not. He's 48. <laughs> so yeah, oh. he, he would have been... That, that would have been interesting. Listen, they should have, he should have weaseled his way into any of the blades, you know, yeah. even, even the worst one, I would have watched it if he was in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And how come, and how come Keith David can't be in a vampire movie or has oh, he been? Maybe he has been. He's been in so many things. So much. So much. So I, We can't keep up. I can't keep I mean, up with him. I mean, in. Technically, you can say that we know of at least one vampire film that he's been in because of one of the segments in it. Tales from the Hood, yeah. 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 But I don't know. I mean, he's getting kind of long in the tooth now to be playing a vampire. But do you think that they'll ever make like a vampire movie where like all the vampires are old? Have they done that already? And I'm not remembering. <sighs> not that I'm. Not that I'm remembering, but there there are some great vampire movies that are different. Um, yeah. There, what is that movie called? It's called the Transfix. Oh, Transfix. Who's in it? It's like a. Um, it's it's an indie film, so they're they're not really known. Um, actors um oh gotcha okay but so, i'll i'll find it and i'll let you um i'll let you know what it is because it's one of those movies that um the way that it's set up transfiguration okay um is the name of it um, okay but yeah it's it's a different take on vampires all right, that's cool. So, Have you seen? I think the the one I'm always dancing around that I haven't seen, but I mean, I always mean to see is um, "Let the Right One In." That's yeah. that the one about yeah. like the little kids, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, is that is people say that's really good, but there's good. also the is there there's like an American version and then the original version, right? Yeah, yeah. What would you, what's your take on that? I like both. I know some people didn't like the American version of it. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I like both. Um, it's different. I, I just, I love different, especially when you get into subgenres. You know, yeah. you get into the whole vampire kind of deal, and it they feel formulaic in some way. Some, some of them do. So anytime you see something different within that subgenre, it's always cool to see like it, you know, yeah, definitely. It's, it's really a different take on what we've seen before and movies like, you know, like let the right one in and transfiguration and blade do that yeah. for the vampire movie. So, yeah, there's so much, I think there's so much room Yeah, with the, with the vampire genre. Like you said, you could just get into subgenres, you know, and, take off in a million directions you know and it, and they have you know and I, you know i i don't want to hate on even like the teeny bop ones like twilights and stuff that's fulfilling a whole other 
you know, genre, a subgenre of um, moviegoers, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, and to be honest with you, like, and this is just being a horror fan, anything that's going to introduce kids to vampires and horror movies. And you can argue that that movie series is more of like drama, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's got a super, it's got supernatural elements. You can't deny that. And the whole right. vampire thing is front and center, you know. Right. And it's a different take. Like you were saying, it's a different take on it. So like mm -hmm. I'm, I would never hate on Twilight, you know. Right. No, no. Um, I think that probably without thinking about it too long and hard, I think my favorite uh, vampire movie um, is still The Lost Boys. Yeah. But um what about you? Do you it would would it be Blade? Would it be something else? For what it meant to me at the time, I would say Blade. Nice. Um it is my would be my favorite. Um Lost Boys is a close second. Mm -hmm. Um I would throw the Transfiguration. I got to watch it then. There. Um because it was so different. Mm. Um so I, I gotta throw that up there. Um I'm just trying to think of others. Um I have another question for you I mean, when you're I done guess, thinking. I guess you can say um why can't I think of the names of movies tonight? Um it's because we're putting you on the spot. Let's go on. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those movies. Yeah. And see, that's like a whole nother yeah Vamp vampire genre that's you know right the grindhouse and all that stuff um yeah. oh great i had another question to ask you and i totally forgot oh man we're forgetting things all over the place here <laughs> well if i remember uh i will throw it out at you um okay. i am going to ask you to rate this movie because it's that time so jeff out of Five headstones, one to five, one being lowest, five being highest. What rating would you give Blade 1998? I think I've already given away um, the end result here, but a five for me. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to get a five for me. Nice. And... In terms of our tattoo test, which means, would you get any image from the movie um, or its marketing campaign, anything like, would you get anything tattooed? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. Um, and ladies and gentlemen of our audience, you should know that Jeff rarely answers yes to that tattoo question. So when he does, it's important to take note. So Jeff, let's let's hear what you might want to get tattooed. So I might get the blade itself. Mm. Um, I might just get a silhouette of Blade himself. Um, mm -hmm. Gotta have the shades on though. Absolutely. Uh, gotta have the shades. So yeah, I mean there there's a couple different things I would I would get, but I I definitely would. I definitely nice. would get a tattoo. Um what about you out of uh five headstones, what do you rate blade? I would rate it a four headstones. And that's difficult for me, and here's why. 
because I feel like the filmmakers kind of botched the villains in this movie. They were, I feel like, too much focus on the style, which I get. They're trying to, like, make them stylish. You know, they want the vampires to look cool, you know, etc. But they needed to take some of that focus and develop and, like, either, like, get better actors or develop, you know, like, a real, like, um, frightening streak in all of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. where we're, like, suddenly we see them, we see one of them or all of them kind of like turn and become very frightening and stop being cool. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that, cause I, cause at some points it was just laughable and I was like, I can't like, you know, if I, if I want to take this movie more seriously, which I do because Wesley's giving it his all and it's carrying the movie for a lot of parts, then we want to, you know, trade, like trade up, Chris Christopherson's wig and get some scariness into these vampires. So that would be my two cents as to why only a four. That being said, um, I think the movie was incredible. It was a lot of fun. Yes. And uh, would you get a tattoo? I don't think I would. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't. But I was thinking that when you were talking about for you, what if you got blade sword tattooed like on your back like that your whole be, back that would be awesome right like it's like you're carrying it like yeah he does. I'm carrying it yeah that would that's be what cool. i'm saying that would be I'm, cool i'm just saying jeff <laughs> <laughs> oh how about this keenan and kel as blade and deacon <laughs> boom <laughs> boom nick cannon nick cannon as blade <laughs> Exactly. Let me stop. Jesus, no. Oh, my All God. Right. He's no. horrible. Oh, no. And I can't remember what I was going to ask you, so I'm bummed. But maybe I'll remember off the air and, and text you. Okay. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in on our fun discussion. I guess I will say that it was fun. Um, it was a fun yeah. discussion for, for, for us. Um, on Blade, 1998. If you haven't seen this movie, get yourself to see this movie. Um, it's streaming right now. Um, as of, you know, you know, early May, 2023, it's streaming. Um, whenever you listen to this episode, I hope it's streaming somewhere where you can access it for free. If not get it from your local library, because most libraries carry this movie either, um, online or through regular, um, media like DVDs, Blu-rays, etc. Um, and until we see you again, have a wonderfully, spooky horrific and blessed time jeff thank you so much for thank turning you. me on to blade yeah thank you and this was awesome had a lot of fun and uh we'll see everyone next time bye peace out <laughs>
game over.